This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre, with expert commentary, analysis, and insights into the issues of the day. In the first of this series around the theme of leadership, Dr. Jonathan Trevor and Kate Toyero discussed the notion that employees don't think their bosses can cut the mustard. Jonathan Trevor is a lecturer in the Human Resources and Organisation Subject Group at Cambridge Judge Business School. He's the academic. Kate Toyero is the founder and managing director of Exfusion Limited, provider of executive coaching and team performance coaching. She's the practitioner. The conversation in Programme 1 also took in the way in which leadership itself has changed almost into fellowship. How much of this change, does Jonathan think, can be laid at the door of social media? I think the effects of social media on work needs to be understood in the broader context of what's happening in our organisations. And effectively, what social media allows is greater connectivity between individuals and between groups. And that is exactly consistent with the organisational need in what is being termed the information age. Our organisations are becoming flatter, they're becoming leaner, they're becoming more empowered, more democratic, um, and they're becoming more knowledge-intensive. And within that, knowledge intensity is uh, a, a requirement for learning, and that's exactly what social media enables. From a, an academic perspective, social media allows our human capital, our people, to engage um, with each other and with the organisation on a very uh, a distributed basis and a very autonomous basis via uh, technologies all of which really uh, allow for the communication of meaning and new ideas, exchange of knowledge uh, and so on, and challenge, but in a very democratic way, in a very uh, delegated way. And so actually in many respects, I think social media needs to be seen in the context of what we're seeing as the emergence of distributed leadership, people not waiting for permission from on high to engage with each other and to make something new and exciting happen. I've spoken with a number of teams that I've worked with where word has got out through Facebook or whichever that an organisation hasn't got a big contract or they've just lost a small one. It might not say specifically we've lost X or we've lost Y, but that suddenly is out there. And and if another company knows enough about a certain organisation, that will be out there. And so from a leadership perspective, perhaps decades ago, less than that, where there's that control over information and knowledge and what's going out when, it's much more difficult to do that now and therefore I think from a leadership perspective allowing really allowing that knowledge to be shared knowing that one has to be a little bit careful sometimes but but knowing that that will happen and not trying to control it and stop it because that that in itself is very difficult I, I, I suppose recent examples if we look at what's happening in in the Middle East at the moment even if we look at what happened in London with the riots there was no obvious leader there no obvious driving force but that got together a phenomenal group of people to do certain things, yes, that that were below the law and under the radar of where we wanted them to be, but in terms of what was achieved, it's quite impressive. One sees it in a more positive note with with charities and the way they galvanise people together to to, to make things happen, and, of course, organisations do the same. But I think what's quite interesting is even when something has been swept together through social media, you still end up with a bureaucracy of sorts, even with those sorts of networks. But I think what long-term then becomes very powerful is those sorts of networks are very diverse, Mm. very Mm. flexible and very different in terms of who's part of them. So there are advantages and disadvantages. For sure, there's disadvantages and disadvantages, yeah. But I mean, one of the critical things that social media 
as just one means of enhanced technology-enabled connectivity uh, is, is enabling is a sense space and time, not to sound too Star Trek-y, but space and time are starting to matter less and less in our organisations. Mm-hmm. Geographic separation, divisional separation, uh, uh, occupational separation are starting to mean less and less as the boundaries between uh, individuals and groups are broken down bit by bit, like I said, whether they're occupational or indeed structural in terms of the organisation, or indeed the actual boundary of the organisation itself. I mean, there are some great examples of organisations which are now sourcing ideas and innovations from beyond their own borders, made entirely possible through social media, um, and are actually investing in social media platforms in order to encourage that. One such example of an organisation with whom we've worked is Oracle Corporation, which, in an intensely competitive uh, uh, technological environment, absolutely recognises the need to pull widely upon all of the knowledge resources available to it in its organisation. And that means literally everybody. Everybody has uh, an opportunity to contribute towards innovation of products and service at Oracle, and they do that through their community of practice, which is effectively a technology-enabled social media platform through which anybody in the organisation might uh, nominate themselves to participate in online projects and irrespective of their location or indeed their role. I mean, we're talking about everybody from the lowest rung up to the highest rung, the purpose of which is to come around a common purpose of developing a particular interest or a particular project and and making it happen, taking it from conception on a collective basis through to execution organisationally. And so we're seeing a huge amount of this, and and indeed organisations should be investing in this. But exactly as Kate says, there are potential downsides. It will happen anyway. The question is, how do you manage it? And what are the repercussions of decentralised information gathering, knowledge spillovers, uh, uh, empowering people can be both a good thing and potentially a bad thing because who knows what they might do with that information and that knowledge. I and think yet- what's interesting there, your point about the, the word of mouth piece and have we almost gone full circle to what happened hundreds of years ago. Oddly, I was talking yesterday to someone about Blackbeard the pirate <laughs> and he was a captain of a ship, albeit you know, we're talking below the radar again in terms of what he did. But he, he did what he did for 30-odd years, and that was word of mouth. And he was voted, I don't, I don't know, every two years, every, every trip, I have no idea. But that was utterly word of mouth, what people thought, what they believed in, and whether he stayed being the leader, as it were. And social media, I, I think, has sort of allowed that to happen yeah. again and for people really to have a voice, whereas perhaps five, ten years ago... Absolutely. ...didn't have that voice in the same way whereas social media certainly enables that whatever level you're at, whatever you're doing, but there's still that very powerful view. One of the issues is potentially, and I see this with my students, I've just finished teaching my undergraduates for the year, um, and and they give a very good uh, insight into where some of the the, uh, uh, younger generations uh, see their careers going forward. And one of the interesting issues within, I think, organisations and employment generally is where, where does the loyalty uh, reside indeed, or rather, who are employees loyal to? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily because of this new distributed knowledge, because of the, the connectivity and the relationships that people now have on a very sort of decentralised basis. It's not necessarily to their employer anymore, or even necessarily to the bureaucratic structure that they understand to be their employer. It's maybe to communities, which are either internal or outside. All of this is basically facilita- facilitating the uh, a, a resurgence in the power of the informal organisation over potentially the formal organisation. Um, what that means perhaps is a real challenge to established authority or the status quo. So in many respects, you can look at the Arab Spring and say, well, that was a movement aligned behind a cause. Well, actually, on a, a more micro basis, you can see that same thing happening in our organisations, mm. whether they are large, established, FTSE 100 organisations or small, the information 
to the masses is power, and that's exactly where it's flowing, and people are doing some really exciting things with it. I think, and I think what's very exciting about it and quite challenging for the leaders is that the enlightened leaders will use that so powerfully and use that information but not finding it, find it threatening, whereas there's some leaders that will find that ability quite a challenge. I would go further to say that actually I think competitiveness in the future will absolutely be contingent upon the degree to which organisations are able to capture mm. the positive effects of empowering uh, individuals and groups on a decentralised basis through information that's shared. But be careful what you wish for, because the outcome can't be prescribed often. Uh, it can be unpredictable. That's the nature indeed. of the environment that we're in. Nature of people. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> increasingly complex, increasingly dynamic, increasingly unpredictable. Jonathan Trevor and Kate Toyero, thank you. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series. Thank you.